Hello, and welcome to Held in Common, a podcast which celebrates the stories that are held in our communities, in our common knowledge, in our folk histories, and in our everydays. Stories told, like it is, like they are, by local people. I'm Polly Tisdall, freelance storyteller and coordinator for the Network Bristol, a community project which connects and empowers local residents. During COVID-19, we're celebrating silver lining stories held in common by the people of Bristol. And our theme for this episode is Going Slow. Positive stories of taking our time and catching our breath as a result of the virus outbreak. For many of us, our daily routines have drastically changed in the last three months. I asked our contributors to tell me how they've been spending their time differently during lockdown and what the change of pace has meant for them. Hi, this is Emma from Easton in Bristol. So I'm actually quite enjoying it. Um, I um, I normally do voluntary work at St Werberg's, um, amongst other things. Um, but since lockdowns come along, it's a, it's enabled me to really slow things down a bit more and really appreciate like the basic, simple things in life. And um, I'm. I think I personally feel like it's um I th- I feel a bit more like human again for for being like this rather than the sort of usual you know speed that we all go at and rushing to get here rushing to get there going to work grabbing anything to eat cuz you didn't have enough time to get organized in the morning and all of that stuff and wasting so much money on crappy food and well, that's kind of what was happening with me because um, my, yeah, uh, lack, of, lack of time. Now I'm able to like slow down and think about what I want, eat, eat foods that really give me pleasure, eating a lot more, but enjoying it like good food. Um, I've quit drinking alcohol. Um, I've cut, cut wheat out from my diet, feeling better for that. And just like connecting with people I haven't spoken to in ages because I've got the time. Just, I don't know, like, just a lot more space to think. In Stokes Croft, brothers James and Lee Baker have been finding ways to enjoy their lockdown time too. Exercising, making art and talking on the phone with their friends and family. I've been out on like, my bike. I, I like uh, art making, art making art. Paint, paint, drawing and doing. Chat to family, talk to people in the church, talk to everyone. Both brothers volunteer at St Werberg City Farm and have kept up their interest in growing food during lockdown. James described how spending time simply planting seeds is making him feel happy. Other Bristol residents have been taking advantage of the different timetable offered by lockdown to catch up on themselves and discover new things. Hi, my name is Hebo. I live and work in St Paul's. Firstly, I got to find uh, some time for all those little um, unfinished projects that I kept on putting back. Um, I've actually completed quite a few of those. Also, something else as well is that uh, as a family, we got the chance to, um, you know, to go on more walks than we usually do. And we've actually discovered quite a few new parks that we've never been or quite a few new places. 
which I hope uh, we will be able to properly enjoy after the quarantine. Like Hebo, others are also enjoying new activities and using this unstructured time to build new routines. I've been able to practice yoga, garden, I've been gardening, uh, working with my husband every night, uh, making bread and seeing my children grow from a much more precise uh, point of view. So, yeah, it's paying attention to life differently and learning to be humble with specifically with nature, respecting <clears throat> even the, the tiniest thing as a virus, how that is powerful and how that has, has, has to have a space in our mind and in our life. Lots of self-care stuff, so each morning doing free writing, I just write down all my thoughts on, on paper, like three pages, just get it all out, uh, then affirmations, maybe meditate, go for a nice walk in the sun, always have to get a coffee out, always, like can't give that up, um, do my reflections, what went well, what I enjoyed the day before, what didn't go so well, what can I improve on? Um, and yeah, I always try to get a little bit of exercise in if I can, even if it's, you know, I've just started trying out Qigong, which is quite nice, um, and soothing and calming and also getting quite creative as well and allowing the space for me to connect with that, um, and giving gratitude every day as well. Um, I, I have a friend that we send at least 10 things that we're grateful for every day and make sure we do that before we go to bed. It's not just adult routines, which have been affected by the virus, of course. Children and young people have been impacted too. But while schools are closed, Bristol's residents of all ages have been using this time to learn new skills. My name is Nasra. I'm 12 years old. I live in St. Paul's. The two things I've learnt about quarantine is I have improved my calligraphy skills and I've learnt how important my family is. Well, I've been fascinated with wood for some time. I used to work in recycling. I've got half three guitars, three acoustic guitars, which are, well, primarily made from wood. But um, I'm not very good at uh, when it comes to tree back condition. So I thought it would be nice to um, see if I can uh, maybe um, pick out some common trees. Sounds fairly straightforward, but uh, it's not. <laughs> it really isn't because um, there's so much leaf variation, and uh, yeah, it's quite difficult actually. Anyway, my mission at the moment is to um, spend some time in Victoria Park and try and tuck down or try and identify an oak tree, being one of the most common trees in this country. Um, I, well, I hope there's one in the park somewhere. <laughs> I don't know. I found a few sycamore trees in there. I've had a look at the inter- I've had a look on the internet. I've pretty much got the leaf pattern in my head. I think I can pin it down. I know there's a shape of the tree is, I think, fairly prominent. Maybe I'll photograph that and go down with that as well. Because then, you, again, I build, if I can get the shape of the tree in my head, I'll be able to spot it at a distance. Hello, my name is Matthew. I am eight years old, nearly nine. I live in St. Paul's. My favourite thing about quarantine is that I learn how to knit. For each episode of Held in Common, I interview a local Corona creative, an individual or organisation changing things for the better during the virus outbreak. Hearing about all the new skills that people have been teaching themselves, 
I decided that for this episode, I would speak to my colleague Lou at the network, who has been busy setting up a digital skill sharing programme to help bring residents together, even while we're apart. I asked Lou, what made her want to set up the Skillshare? Well, I think at the moment, obviously, a lot of people are um, at home and maybe not doing the things that they usually do. And as community engagement workers, we obviously want to make sure that we're able to reach out and connect people still, even though it's a challenging time. Um, And we're mindful from when we usually are out and about talking to people that a lot of people have got a whole range of skills that maybe they don't see as being of interest to other people is the kind of, you know, oh, I know how to do that. And I think um, we often see lots of things online where people are seen as experts, and that can sometimes be a bit intimidating. And what I find, and as sure as lots of other people do, is when you talk to your friends and your colleagues, you find out they've got all sorts of skills, and you think, oh, I wouldn't mind having a go at that. Um, And I think it would be a really nice way of us being able to support people that live in eastern Ashley and Lawrence Hill areas to let their neighbours know what they are good at and maybe um, have a little online Zoom session with a few other people in their communities to share some of those skills. Brilliant. Thanks, Lou. It sounds really exciting. So it's all going to take place on Zoom then. And do people need to be experienced with Zoom? Is there any support to help them get onto Zoom if they're not used to it? Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, you know, we are relying on on online um, platforms at the moment because we can't do a lot of face-to-face work. So we appreciate that that can be limiting to some people. Um, But there are people that might not have used Zoom before and it's the new kind of thing that everyone's doing. Um, And it is very straightforward. And the way that we support individuals that have said they'd like to get involved, whether that be sharing a skill or joining a session to hear about a skill, um, we will be able to talk people through how to download the access to Zoom either on their phones or on their um, laptops or computers. I think there is even a way that if you've only got a landline, you can still phone in and hear the conversation, although there's obviously going to be some sessions that are going to be more beneficial to have that visual aspect. Um, But we'll do all that in advance, particularly with the person that wants to share their skill, uh, make sure they're really comfortable, run through a little dummy session with us. And the other important element is obviously uh, making people feel confident and safe using that online space. So we do provide a bit of guidance about how to do that safely. So things like, you know, don't have anything in your room behind you that might identify where you live, um, asking people to be respectful of the kind of language they use and, you know, slogans they might have on their T-shirts or pictures on the wall, etc. Things like, you know, do they want their kids in the background running around or photos? Just for people to think a little bit more about what it means to be safe when you're being online just to give people a bit more confidence about, you know, that we're taking that element seriously for them and supporting them the best that we can to to engage in this. Great, thank you. Yeah, that sounds really helpful and, and really important for us all to be thinking about at the moment because we're all um, getting used to something that's quite new um, and yeah. new way of communicating. Following on from what you were saying earlier about, you know, it might just be a skill that you're good at and that you, um, your neighbours might be interested in learning. Were there any particular activities that you can imagine um, the Skillshare would really suit? Um, I think it's quite broad. Um, I mean, 
depending on um, if people want to just talk about what they're doing and have a discussion or even something they might like to do in the future, so a group they might have thought about setting up prior to um, us going into lockdown and thinking that maybe, you know, further down the line they might want to do that, so just having a discussion. Um, it might be that you want to give a talk about the local history of the area, you might want to show somebody how to do some origami, um, maybe five useful sentences in Somali that you might want to share so people can uh, maybe talk to neighbours, all sorts of things really. Um, I think there's going to be things that we can kind of float as ideas, but we're really looking at residents to come up with the things that they would find useful and that they think they'd be able to share. Um, so, for example, I've been talking to somebody who's been, uh, has a background in education, has been homeschooling their kids during this period, and they said, well, you know, there might be a few tips I can give to people that might be struggling with that, um, making things a bit more accessible. Um, there's been a few people saying that they can give budget-saving tips, for example, over how they're managing their money at the moment. So, it can be anything from craft to kind of day-to-day -day practical support. Fabulous. Thanks so much, Lou. Well, it sounds really exciting and I hope that you get lots of people coming forward with some ideas of either things they'd like to learn or, or things that they'd like to um, share that they can do. What's the best way for people to get involved if they're interested? Well, we're going to be, um, we've sent some information out already to some of our contacts in the community and we're going to throw it a little bit wider, so probably get it on some social media sites. Um, and then we'll make sure we've got a link on our network website as well. Um, so that'll be coming up in, in the coming days. Um, but what I would say to people is, you know, it's not about being an expert. It's a way for communities to learn and connect in a really simple way. And it's about, you know, letting people know how to do things and what you're good at. Um, so anything that people think they might like to do, then you know, do get in touch with us and we'll support you the best way we can. And it may be that after doing the first session, you decide you're going to go off and run it as a regular event or a Zoom with your neighbours without the network, which is absolutely fine you know, with there to help people kind of get, get things off the ground as much as anything. Thank you to Lou Clark for telling us more about the network's digital skillshare. And if you'd like to find out more about that, do keep an eye on our website. While many of us are learning new skills and keeping ourselves busy with new routines, this going slow, the dramatic change to the pace of our lives during lockdown, is also prompting reflection and new ways of thinking. My life has changed dramatically since these uh, pandemic times. Um, I used to go every week to London, commuting by coach, staying there three days, coming back. So I was, the last two years I've been on the move. That's the, the, the whole sense. And, and then meeting lots of people and doing as much as possible. And this, this stillness that the, the, virus, the virus has, you know, imposed on us has made me change my mind, change my perception of, of reality. So I've been remembering what um, Hamlet says. He says, uh, I could be bounded in a nutshell and count myself a king of infinite space. So this infinite space is really uh, a state of mind. Place and space are basically our own experience of, of, of life. So now in my house is this kingdom, my room is this nutshell, 
and I pay attention to changes uh, and to to what happened in in those spaces in a in a much more acute way. Perhaps literature, art, poetry, and entertainment, from Netflix to the National Theatre on YouTube, have become more resonant and important for us during this time. Windmill Hill resident Connor Whelan has spent time during lockdown to write a poem about slowing down and taking in the natural world. I will never forget this lockdown spring. Have you ever noticed so acutely spring opening her chest to share her treasures? The dawn choruses power. When light seems thick as heather honey, the sickly sweet scent of fallen cherry satin, the electricity of bluebells, the balmy choral hum of dusk, or May's vortices of white petals, the dance of hawthorn, chestnut, rowan, cow parsley. And have you seen other humans pay it this attention before? And has it ever felt so meaningful? as strongly as if it is speaking, uttering some ancient healing spell. And are you not enchanted? And will you not carry this, these blossoms and the freshness of the leaves, all down your future years? It seems that catching our breath and pressing pause in response to coronavirus is making space for creativity, new choices, and a re-evaluation of how we use our time and what it is that we really value. This episode's traditional story is about just that. And as luck would have it, it is a story that I first came across written up on the blackboard of a Bedminster fish and chip shop. And it begins, of course, with a fisherman. Now this fisherman, he had a very simple daily routine. He lived in a small village and he would get up in the morning early, take his boat out into the harbour and he would fish for a few hours in his small boat. And then he'd take his catch, he'd come back to the marketplace and he'd sell for a couple more hours. And then his day's work done, he'd go home, have some lunch with his wife and a nice long siesta in the afternoon, a nice long sleep. And then in the evening, and had a bit more energy again, and the heat of the day was a bit cooler. He'd go out, meet his friends, laugh, dance, and go to bed happy. One day, a rich businessman appeared in the marketplace when the fisherman was selling, and he came up to the fisherman's stall, and he inspected the fish there, and he decided to buy some, and while he was buying and they were haggling a little bit over the price, he got talking to the fisherman and he asked him about his life. When he heard a bit about the fisherman's life, he stopped him and he said, oh, Friend, please let me give you some advice. One businessman to another, but as you can see, I have been very successful at business indeed. Now, let me ask you, this fine fish you have here, it's probably the best fish in the marketplace. How many hours a day are you spending fishing? And the fisherman told him. And the man said, oh, well, that's no good. It's no good at all. It's not nearly enough time. Think, man, think. If you spent a little bit more time fishing every day, a few more hours, 
you could catch perhaps double the amount of fish, and you would sell double the amount of fish. I see, said the fisherman. And then what? Well, said the businessman, then you see, my friend, you would earn some more money. And with that money, well, you could buy yourself a bigger boat. Yes, said the fisherman. And um, then what? Well, my friend, said the businessman, then with your bigger boat you will be able to catch even more fish and to make even more money, and if you do that, then eventually you'll be able to employ a team of fishermen, and you won't have to fish yourself any more. They can go out and fish for you, and you'll be the, the best fisherman all around. And, uh, well, after that, yes, said the fisherman, what happens after that? Well, said the man then, you'll be able to afford to buy yourself a nice big house somewhere in the city and you can leave this sleepy town behind. I see, said the fisherman. And then what? Well, the businessman was getting frustrated. He said, well, isn't it obvious, my friend? Then, if you do all of that and you're in your big house in the big city and you'll be very, very rich indeed and very, very happy and, well, just think, you'll be secure. And when you grow old, you'll be able to retire well and be comfortable. And perhaps in your retirement, you will, I don't know, get up in the mornings and do a little bit of fishing just for fun and go home at lunchtime, have a nice lunch with your wife and a long siesta, perhaps, in the afternoon and some time in the evening with your friends. Now, wouldn't that be the life? Well, the fisherman, he only smiled at the businessman and he said, Yes, it would. And it already is. And if you know a traditional story to tell, or one you'd like to hear on Held in Common, do get in touch. Meanwhile, our final contributor to this episode has already understood some of the fisherman's wisdom. My name is Saad. Um, and I am seven years old. I live in St. Paul's. I think the best thing about lockdown is spending quality time with my beautiful, beautiful family. That brings us to the end of the third episode of Held in Common. Thank you for listening and for celebrating Bristol's stories of going slow. I'd like to thank all of the contributors to this episode. If you'd like to contribute a story to Held in Common, you can find details of upcoming themes and how to record and send your story on the network's website. For more details, you can also email me at polyt@thenetworkbristol.org.uk, or you can call me on 075 45 557 001. Our next theme is Imagining Change, a special episode for Bristol Refugee Festival. And I'd love to hear how the virus outbreak has allowed you to imagine a better Bristol for the future. I'll be back in a fortnight with more Silver Lining Stories. Until then, stay safe, stay at home and stay connected. Music for this episode was Vittorio Monti's Pour la Bienne Ami, in a new arrangement by Matt Norman. <laughs>